Open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm speaking today on my prayer for mothers. My prayer for mothers. My mom went home to be with the Lord about two years ago, and I can't tell you how many times something happens and I want to call my mom and tell her about it. And I have that thought, oh, I need to tell mom, and then I remember she's gone. And my life, there's just no way, and I know everybody, all of you feel this way, but I get to stand up and say it. There's no way to explain the influence that my mother had on me, um, the confidence that she gave me. Now, I didn't realize, you know, for her, her kids were just the most important kids in the world. And one time we walked into, some, into a church event or a school event or something, and she said, you kids, you just glow. Yeah, that's weird, right? But that's my mom. That's, uh, she just, we, we were the best and the greatest, and we could accomplish anything, anything. I think of, uh, there was this, uh, I, I saw someone on television say this. He grew up Italian, and he had a Jewish friend who lived next door. And he realized the difference. This friend became so successful, his mother always said, remember your books, remember your books. And he said, my mom always said, remember your lunch. <laughs> so that influence, it just affected the way that they went through life. And for me, honestly, my mother instilled in us that we could do anything, that we, we really could do anything. Uh, I have a sister, Linda, who can do anything. When she was in college, she didn't have enough money to buy a suit for an event, so she made her own suit. She bought a house, and the furniture was old, and so she made slip covers. She wanted special soap, so she made it. She made candles. She made... Then she starts building furniture. She can do anything. Why can she do anything? Because my mom told her that she could do anything. And then my dad did so many things that influence from mom and dad, you can never get away from it. But what if that influence is bad? What if you have a mother that told you you could never accomplish anything? What, what if you had parents who they, they did everything wrong? You know, the Bible says that you can have a new day and a new start. What if you're a mom who has been the mom who tells your children that they'll never accomplish anything? What if that is the mother you have been? Do you know that the Lord Jesus Christ can change you into the person that God wants you to be? And it is so true. At this meeting in North Carolina where we just were, um, on, the, on the, the group of speakers, we had guys that are highly educated and we had other guys who had been drug addicts and were saved in jail. And, and, and the net effect was God used every one of those speakers. God is so good, He can use you. He can take you right from where you are and use you for His glory. And so this morning, my prayer for mothers. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the moms that are here and the dads. Lord, I know that there are folks here whose moms have gone home to be with the Lord recently. And dads, and, and this is a hard day. But Lord, help this to be a blessing for them. And Lord, most of all, we want you to receive glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's my prayer, my prayer for moms. Start reading in verse uh, 14, Ephesians 3 and verse 14. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom, so of Jesus, the Father and Jesus, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit, 
in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So this is Paul's prayer. This is his second prayer in the book of Ephesians. The first was in chapter 1. But this is Paul's prayer for the people in the church there at the church at Ephesus. And this is my prayer for moms today. Let's look at verse 13 again, or verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in, earth, in heaven and earth is named. The whole family. The whole family. It's interesting. Some people think from this text that everyone in the world is all a part of the same family. That's not what the passage is teaching. There are two families. There's Satan's family and there's God's family. Now, there's probably a mother-in-law joke in there, but I'm not going to tell it because it's Mother's Day. <laughs> there, are, there are two families. There's Satan's family and there's God's family, and you are in one of them. You can't be in both. Remember what Jesus Christ said to the Pharisees. He's speaking to them, and they wouldn't receive Him as Savior. They would not receive Jesus as Savior. And Jesus said to them, You are of your father, the devil, and his works you do. And then now here in this text, it says, Everyone who has taken the name of Jesus is all in one family. It's the family of God. How do you get in the family of God? By receiving Christ. And we'll see that here in the text in a minute. So you are either in Satan's family or you're in God's family. Sometimes we wonder why things go so poorly in our families. That's because we have not associated ourselves with Jesus Christ. And it's interesting. In the book of Jeremiah, it says, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the world? And that will be reflected in your home. You all agree with that? If you choose to serve God, that will be reflected in your home. If you choose to serve the world and everything that is against God, that will be reflected in your home. And that's, that's very clear. It's very clear. And it's a choice that people make. So here's what God wants to do for everyone who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Now, He wants to do it for everybody. He wants to do it for everyone, but He will only do it for those who are in his family. That's what this text says, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Now, do you see what that says? According to the riches of his glory. Not out of the riches of his glory. Okay, how many of you have a bank account? Okay, and if you'll fill out that number and leave it with us before you leave. No, no, that's not what this service is about. So you have a, how many of you have a bank account? Right, you have a bank account. When you take something out of it, what happens? there's less. Right? I won't ask you to raise your hand here. How many of you have ever had less than nothing in your account? Yeah, I just, I was listening to some guys on ESPN yesterday and they were talking, this guy was talking about his first date with his wife and it was a double date and they were going to split the check and his credit card was declined. That's a good way to make a first impression, isn't it? But, you know, I think some of us realize what it's like to have less than we're supposed to in our account. 
And out of the, so what we do is we pay our bills out of the riches of our account. However much there is, that's what we pay our bills out of. Now, young people, let me explain something to you. It's not an unlimited supply. It doesn't grow on trees. Money is earned. And then it goes in the bank. And then it goes to car payments and house payments and food and your clothes and your teeth. Everybody smile. Everybody smile. There's about a million dollars up here. Look at this. And all the parents said, Amen. You can tell they're not from England, right? <laughs> so... It, <laughs> The Bible here says that what God does is that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. You see, God's supply is limitless. God is never diminished. He, He has enough for you. He has enough for me and loses nothing. That's who our God is. Moms, have you ever felt like there wasn't enough? Enough love, enough patience. <laughs> we had uh, a friend came by the house one time when I was a, a teenager. And he came in and said, hi, Mrs. Alter. What are you doing? She said, I'm about to kill some kids. She was ready to, you know, that old saying, she brought us into the world. She was about to take us out of the world. Moms, you ever feel like you need more patience, that you need more love, that you need more wisdom? You know, what happens is when they're little and they come to you and they want you to fix something, you can fix it. Um, I can't think of what it was. Something broke, like the air conditioning or something here at the church wasn't working. And Chloe said, Daddy will fix it. And Daddy did. He called Andy Joins. (laughs) Smart man. And, you know, when, when the children are little, you can fix their problems. As they get older... Now there are some serious issues that start coming up and your children come to you and they ask you questions and now you know that the answer that you give your child is going to direct the path of their lives. What if you give them the wrong answer? That's a heavy burden, isn't it? Do you ever feel like there's not enough? Not enough time. There's not enough money. There's not enough wisdom. There's not enough patience. Do you know what God does? God promises to to supply what you need. Listen to what it says. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. So the inside. Here's what the Bible says. All of us are body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. Your spirit is how you communicate with God. And you've heard people say, I'm a spiritual person or I'm not a spiritual person. Well, what happens is when Adam sinned in the garden, the Bible says, For as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So here's what happened. When Adam sinned, that means that every person that is born into this world, they now have a body and they have a soul. I think we all know what our body is, right? And I think some of us probably have more body than we would necessarily like. We all understand what our body is. The soul, that's how you love. That's how you communicate. That's who you are. You know, sometimes you can look at someone and you really don't know them. Is that right? I had a buddy in college and uh, we, we went to this pizza hut. And there was a girl from our church that worked at that pizza hut. 
and she was really pretty. Her name was Jennifer. Blonde, beautiful. And so we, we were going to ask her out. Notice I said we were going to ask her out. <laughs> he beat me. All right? So we had a double date. And, but what we realized was this girl was awful. She, you know, first of all, you look in her eyes and you can see the back of her head. You know, there just wasn't a whole lot happening inside there. And on top of that, she was mean. And, boy, we got done. We dropped off the girl that I was with. And then we, I was driving. I look in the mirror. And Joe looks at her and he said, Jennifer, he had this real deep voice. Joe was smooth. I've never been smooth. Joe, he looks at Jennifer. There's something I've been wanting to say to you all night. And she said, yes. And he said, ah! I, just, I thought I was going to die. I laughed so hard. It was unbelievable. She about jumped out of the car. Oh, man. But what happened? Here was a person that looked beautiful but was not. Y'all ever known somebody that's like that? Don't look at your wives. You better not. It's Mother's Day. Be nice. You look at somebody and you, you think that, or a guy. And us guys in school, not all of us were the, the good-looking jocks. And we knew what those guys were like. And it would bother us because the girls thought they were cool and we knew they were losers. All the guys said, yeah, we know. We know. It, because why? You have the, your body and your soul. Your soul is who you are, right? And your soul is how you communicate. Your spirit is how you communicate with God. And according to the Bible, you are spiritually dead when you are born. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. When you're born again, that spirit is made alive. We're in the book of Ephesians. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That word quickened means made alive. You know those old uh, Highlander, that old Highlander show? They had the quickening where the, they'd come back alive. That's where that idea comes from. The quickening is being made alive. And so what happens when a person is born again, when they place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, now their spirit is made alive. What's happening in Ephesians chapter 3 is, look at verse 16 again, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit, in the inner man. That inner man, that's that new man that comes alive when you are born again, when you are saved, you're spiritually alive. So now when you, as a mom, when you reach that point where you need strength, you need wisdom, you need guidance, you need love, you need what that child needs, what God is promising is to strengthen you spiritually to give you the answer for that moment. Now, look, you girls, all you girls on the back row, you're going to need this eventually. You don't need it right now. Really, all that you need is, do I look good when I go out? That's all that you care about right now. I understand. And all the guys are saying, they better look good when they go out. That's, the, that's all that they care about right now. It was funny watching the, the young men come to Lydia's graduation party last week. All that they were interested in was food and to see what other girls had shown, what girls had shown up, right? That's what teenage years are about. Once you have your family and all that stuff is cared for, now you need wisdom. You need wisdom. And God is promising to give that strength and that spirit in the inner man. Look at verse 17. That Christ may dwell in your hearts. How? What are those next two words? By faith. By faith. How does that happen? Look at chapter 2. 
Look at verse 8. For by grace are ye... What's that word right there? Saved through faith. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So what's this talking about? Well, all of us need to be saved. Saved from what? We need to be saved from hell. That's what that's talking about. Every person that comes into the world is a sinner. We've already established that. And according to the Bible, the Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. And that death is separation from God forever in hell. Now, you might be here this morning saying, look, it's Mother's Day. What are we talking about hell for? Because it's reality. It's reality. Well, I don't know that I deserve to go to hell. Well, that's because you do not understand the depth of your sin. Let's read this text. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Back to Ephesians 3. Look at verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye... Now, that word ye, sometimes people when they read a King James Bible, ye's and thou's, that's that's confusing to them. The T, the V and the thou, that's singular. The English language doesn't identify that, and so that's why it's written that way in the Bible. That's a singular. The ye and the you, that's plural. So this is for everybody. This is what he wants for everyone. That, That ye, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints, and this is what I want you to see, what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and height. Now, it's interesting. Any of you people interested in physics, there are four dimensions there. A long time before anyone had posited that concept here in the Bible. Your Bible is light years away, or light years ahead of any of the science, okay? It's there in the Scriptures. And so what is, what is, this being, what is being spoken of here? The breadth, the breadth. If you go to uh, chapter 2, the breadth is this. Verse 11, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. So that's Jews and Gentiles. All right? So now Christianity is not only for the Jews, and it's not only for the Gentiles, it's for everyone. That at that time you were without Christ... Being aliens, not E.T. kinds of aliens, okay, but outside of citizenship, that ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Remember, God had intended in the Old Testament, salvation is of the Jews. And you had to become a Jew in order to have salvation. That's changed. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh, you're brought close by the blood of Christ. So what is this talking about? This is the breadth. So now salvation is not only for the Jews, it's for everybody. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood, now everyone, what Jesus Christ said, if I be lifted up, that's lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men unto me. So the breadth of his love is he loves everyone. For God so loved, what's the next words? The world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What is that believing? That's faith. You're saved 
by faith, not by works. The breadth of his salvation is for everyone who comes to him by faith. Now look, I know that many of you, from a worldly perspective, are good people. You work hard, you pay your taxes, you mow your grass, you pick up the garbage. You're you're good people, but none of that can take you to heaven. The only thing that can take you to heaven is faith in Jesus Christ. Is that right? So let me ask you this. Have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone for your eternal life? See, you're here in a Baptist church today, but being a Baptist has never taken anyone to heaven. Being a Presbyterian has never taken anyone to heaven. Being a Catholic, being a Jehovah's Witness, being a Mormon, being a Muslim or a Buddhist, none of that has ever taken anyone to heaven. The only way anyone goes to heaven is through Jesus Christ. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's what Jesus Christ said. My prayer for you moms is that every one of you moms, when your children have to walk by your casket, they'll know where you are. And how are they going to know when you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone? By faith. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for you. The breadth, it's for everybody. It's for everybody. Go back to chapter 3 and look at verse 18. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints. Now, now let me just clear something up. What is a saint? That's everyone who is saved in the Bible. I understand that theologically in different religions, people are identified as saints. That's not what we're talking about here. This is a different category. In the Bible, this is everyone who has received Jesus Christ by faith. All right? And may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length. And length. What's the length? That's eternity. That's eternity. See, salvation is much more than physical benefit here now. It is eternity. And so this is what I want you to get. So moms, my prayer for you, number one, is that you will be saved by faith, that Jesus Christ will be dwelling in you by faith. And number two, that you'll understand eternity. You'll understand eternity. Um, Andrea, they'll only be little twins for a little while. Denver, you will get sleep eventually. It is coming, I promise. Right? It's, they're only going to be little for a little while. But heaven and hell are for eternity. The decisions that you're making right now will influence your children's eternity. Think about that. When life gets hard, when you're overwhelmed, many of you moms, you care for the home. You work a job outside the home. You're running the kids to football and basketball and ballet and deep-sea Romanian folk dancing and all of these different things, twirling, tumbling, diving, pogo sticking, all these things that people find for you to do with your children, it's very important that you understand none of that has anything to do with eternity. Make sure you have time for God. And make sure that in the midst of all of that busyness and all of the pressures that come on a mom, that you understand that you only have them for a little while. 
You can only invest in them for a little while and then much of your influence is gone and they're making their own decisions. But what's funny, have you ever been walking by, a, you know, you're out on the street and you walk by a window and you look over and you guys, you see your dad or you girls, you see your mom. Has that ever happened? Or you say something. This happened yesterday. Laura said something and she said, I was my dad right there. If eternity is real and it is, then you are influencing your children for eternity. So the decisions that you make... Now, don't answer this, ladies. Have you ever found your husband to be impossible? Don't answer. Of course, the answer is yes for all of them, right? Because we are impossible as guys. Guys are... You know, women are very... They're sensitive and they are... And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean they sense things. Guys are oblivious, right? And so you have a sensitive person and an oblivious person... What happens? It's called fighting. Right? The, the wedding song that we all have to sing is the war is on. When that happens, when that happens, that, that temporary battle that Laura and I might have, okay, and they happen. Why? Because we're people. And I'm perfect. She's not. No, there's, there's friction, right? There's friction. I'm oblivious. She, she knows what's going on. I don't. There's friction. If I allow that friction or if she allows that friction to become the biggest thing in her life, that's going to affect Jacob and Lydia. There's no way it can't. And so now if I have told my children that I love Jesus more than anything else and Jesus tells me that Christ, I'm to love her as Christ loved the church and now I walk away from her, then Christ must not love the church very much. You see, everything that we do, it has an eternal, an eternal result. And so what I want you to understand is the breadth that all, everyone needs to be saved by faith. The, the, the depth, or I'm sorry, the length. The length is eternity. We need an eternal perspective. This little bit, this hard patch that you're going through, it'll pass. It will pass. Eternity. Raise your children with an eternal perspective. Love your husband with an eternal perspective. Love your wife with an eternal perspective. Then look at what it says. And to know the love of Christ, or no, we're still in verse 18, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth. What is the depth? Well, that's what's dealt with in chapter 2. That's the depth of our sin. That's the depth of our sin. I often say this cheer up, you're a lot worse than you think you are. We're just sinners. And so, ladies, you are, you are married to a sinner. Uh, husbands, you're married to a sinner. And I know this is hard for you people to believe, but your children are sinners. You don't have to teach your kids to throw a fit at Walmart. Right? They're born sinners. Your job is to raise them to know who Jesus Christ is so that they can live as a saint. That's the idea. Is that right? That's the idea. But the thing that's hard to remember is when I'm raising my children, they have a sin nature. They have a sin nature. And I must teach them right from wrong, good from evil, based on the Scriptures, the eternal truth of the Bible. And that means that I have to live a life that matches this. As we prayed for Aaron and Kelly and Denver and Andrea, that their life matches what they teach so their children aren't confused... That's what I pray for for Laura and I 
and for our children. Why? Because we are sinners. We're sinners who are saved, living together for His glory. Look at verse 21. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You're saying that's talking about the church. Look at chapter 5. Verse 31, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. What's it talking The home and the church. It's the same thing. The church is made up of homes. Is that right? And so here, we need Christ to be giving glory to God through our homes, and we're just sinners. How many of you be honest with me and say, sometimes I know that my life does not bring glory to God? Would you raise your hands? Yeah. So what do you need? You need verse 16, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. You've got to keep the understanding of the breadth that everybody that gets saved, we're all in the family of God, and then the length that we must look at life with an eternal perspective, the depth, I'm a sinner, she's a sinner, they're sinners, and the only way that any of this will work is through the power of the Holy Spirit as we all submit ourselves to His Word. But when I get to where I want what I want more than I should, now there's contention. Then look at what it says. Verse 18 again, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. The height. The Bible says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Bible says that our conversation, that's our lifestyle, our daily walk, is not in this world. The Bible says we are not of this world. The Bible says that we have here no continuing city. The Bible says that we're looking for a city whose builder and ruler is God. The Bible says set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Is that right? And yet we get so wrapped up in the here and now. You don't understand. This is what I want. I want this. I want this right now. I want this. Well, you're going to want something else next month. You can't live your life by what you want. You need to live your life by what He wants. And if you'll do that, you know what happens? Now you have joy. Now you have peace. Now you have happiness. Now you have laughter. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans 14, 17. It says this, But the kingdom of God, and Jesus said in, in Luke 17 that the kingdom of God is in you, but the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Moms, let me ask you a question. And don't raise your hand. Do you have joy right now? Is your life a life of joy? If it's not, that's not God's fault. You've got something going on in your spirit and in your life that you need to give to Him. And you know what He'll give you back? Peace and joy. And righteousness. If you are not living for Him, you may be happy in a superficial way. You may be happy in a I'm going to Disneyland way. Right? But then you get there and you pay $30 for your chicken leg and you're saying, oh man. (laughs) You pull out the credit card and it's all fun. Then the credit card bill comes and now you don't have joy anymore. And then you want something else and you think that's going to give you joy and you want something else. Or you want someone else. And you think that person is going to give you joy. 
And then you find out that person is a sinner too. And the only way, the only way you're ever going to have joy is when you have the righteousness of Christ and the peace that comes from Him, then you experience genuine, inner, complete joy. That's my prayer for you. Then look at what it says. Verse 19, And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto Him, that is, now look at what this is. He's able to do this. You might be here thinking, man, I'm so far from happy, there's no way that God can make me happy. I'm so far from joy, there's no way. And if I asked you, what would it take to make you happy? You couldn't even answer. You ever been in that situation? Look at what this says. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you, moms, is first of all that you're saved, that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Jesus Christ did come into this world and died on the cross to pay for your sin and for my sin. He was buried and He rose from the dead, proving that He was, is, and always will be God. And what He has offered you is eternal life, and you just receive that eternal life as a gift. When you receive that eternal life as a gift, According to the Bible, in verse 17 here, the Spirit of Christ comes to dwell in you. When He does that, then He allows you to comprehend that breadth. Who's my family now? Right? The length. I have an eternal perspective. I live for eternity, not for the moment. The depth. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that my husband's a sinner. I recognize that my children are sinners. And we just need Jesus Christ. We need His wisdom because our mind is flawed. Our decision-making is flawed. And then we understand the height and that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ, seated with Him in heavenly places. When all of that happens, now you know love that passes understanding. I like this, that passes understanding. It's better than understanding. It's better. Do you remember when you first fell in love? You couldn't even describe it. And so that's where all the songs and the poems come from. You know God wants to give you that. It's so much more than an emotion. It's so much more than a feeling. It's something that passes understanding. That's the love that Jesus wants to give you. And then He wants to work in you powerfully, ladies, to make you the mom that you always wanted to be, the mom that you've always dreamed that you could be. You know, we've been told that the June Cleaver mom... How many of you do not know who the June Cleaver mom is? Raise your hand. You don't know. Okay? We've been told that that doesn't exist. I'm just telling you, a lovely, humble, godly mother does exist. You know how I know? God gave me one. I'm married to one. God can do that. God can do that. That's my prayer for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for these ladies that are here.